The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Black Girl Burnout. Kelly here, and we are back. This is another snippet of our interview as we continue our conversation with Sonia Renee Taylor. This is a little different than the other interviews I've done. I usually have a pretty structured format, and usually around now we talk about what professionally brings you joy. But Sonia has given us such an incredible piece of work, and the body is not an apology, and such a beautiful way of seeing ourselves as people and our relationship with our bodies that we dived more into some of the principles and the practical ways to create a life where your body is not lived in with shame or shaming others. It's a beautiful conversation. I hope you enjoy it. It is by far one of the most moving exchanges I've had with someone. And I, all of our guests I love, this is just this concept and this content is special. So Keep listening to Sonia Renee Taylor. Let's drop back in the conversation. For a long time, I've been a rider to run and hide and I took the- We are back with Sonia Renee Taylor. And I, again, I'm trying to contain my fangirling because <laughs> I am so excited. Uh, we just talked about before earlier in the week about ways that shame clings to us and the his- history behind that shame and then the keys to get out of that. So if you have it, go back and check out that episode. That is a must. And so we've already released. We look at us. We have released Free. in 20 minutes. <laughs> I released all the shame in my body, so I'm ready to move on. Uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm good. And so in order to do that, you talk a lot about, I've got your book next to me for folks who are wondering why I'm like, I'm staring off into the mic and not making eye contact because there's so many things I had to mark down in this book about how to move out of shame. And you talk about radical self-love and you open it with a poem one of the parts, I mean, you open it with many things, but one of the, the lines that stuck with me is this poem called Three. I'm going to butcher the name of the person, but I will get it right in the outro for this episode because uh, we want to make sure that they get credit properly. Uh, and it's I'm going to say Nayera, but we're going to correct that in the in the intro. And it said, and I said to my body softly, I want to be your friend. It took a long breath. Pages are stuck here. It took a long breath and replied, I've been waiting my whole life for this. Mm-hmm. Love. Gorgeous. Love, love, love. Nayara Wahid. 
Thank you, Nayira Wahid. What you talk about the four ways we move into radical self-love. I think we'll start with what is radical self-love and then what are those four pillars of practice? We'll start first with what is radical self-love. Okay. Radical self-love is, um, I believe it's our default status. It's our inherent sense of worthiness, enoughness, our inherent divinity. Um, I say that we arrived on the planet as a manifestation of love. Um, and, you know, and I think about that in the way that I, you know, there, you know, I come from a, a sort of Christian theological background as a young person. And so, you know, it was just like, right. If I, my cosmology is that God is love and then God made humans in the image of God felt that we must be love, right. Just stands to reason. But even outside of that sort of theological premise, I think about life itself. I think about what do I feel when I see a, stunning tree, a forest, when I see an ocean, when I see a bumblebee, you know, in getting nectar from the pollen of a beautiful flower, what do I feel? I feel love. I feel beauty. I feel deep sense of connection and awe and wonder. And then I remember that whatever it is, whatever energy, you know, force allowed there to be that forest, that ocean, that bee, and that nectar, and that flower also created a Sonia that I made from that same source material. And so whatever it is that I experience when I am engaged with that source material, I too am that. And that is radical. That's what I mean by radical self-love that we are, and we arrived here that way. You've never seen a baby that hated itself. You've never seen a self-loathing toddler. You've never seen, you know, you've never seen a two-year-old who's just, you know, unhappy about their roles. Like it's just never happened. And that is because we come here in right relationship with ourselves, with our beingness, with our bodies and with the bodies of others. And so radical self-love is about how do I embody? How do I stay connected to? How do I remember And when I say remember, I mean, not just call back to memory, but piece back together that relationship, that foundational core inherent relationship that is how I arrived on the planet. That's radical self. Did you know Black Girl Burnout has a YouTube channel now? We created this channel to give you even more bonus content, things you will not find on the podcast like Hey Girl Chats. This is where we build community through conversation with ordinary women like you and myself. It's informal. It's fun. We guarantee you're going to love it. Also on the channel will be affirmations dropped monthly, as well as guided meditations and all our guest interviews. So head over to YouTube and opt in by subscribing to our channel and catch all the new content. What if 2024, you got a little bit better every day? Well, when you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have loved using Babbel. As you may know, I used to live in Italy and Babbel helped me be able to speak to vendors, navigate vacation spots, ask for directions. It just made life easier. 
Babbel's 10-minute lessons are quick and handcrafted by hundreds of language experts that you can start learning to speak a language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash BGB. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash BGB, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BGB. Rules and restrictions may apply. I don't know about you, but I have opted out of struggle when it comes to meal prepping and eating high quality food. With ButcherBox, you get incredible deals on premium cuts, deals as good or hard to come by at the grocery store. I know for myself, I do not like having to plan out everything I eat and then also be concerned about the quality of what I'm eating. When it comes to ButcherBox, it means less trips to the grocery store for me. It means knowing immediately in my freezer what's available and feeling confident about what's in there. It's about the value that ButcherBox offers. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com BGB and use code BGB to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Which is beautiful. And it, you said so many of the key phrases that we talk about in this podcast, which is about opting in. And you talked about beauty and you talked about really you're talking about joy. And you even mentioned that you call that out. Right. When you're talking about comparison and you say, go get your joy. Right. Go get that back. That when we leave behind shame and we leave behind struggle, we can fill that up with something so much more nourishing and so much more meaningful. And that is this beauty. That is this joy. And that is this community. And it matches perfectly to the four pillars of practice. Like I talk about, I really believe in our DNA as black women, that it's joy. We may not have seen it expressed the way we deserve to see it in the past, but it's joy. It is beauty. It is community. It is that connection. And to that point, you talk about, well, how do we get there, right? What is the ways to get to radical self-love? And you talk about four pillars. The first one is taking out the toxic. The second one is mind matters. The third is unapologetic action. And the fourth is collective compassion. And I want us to run through uh, those ones. And I I really want to focus on the third and the fourth, but I'll promise to that. But I would love to have you walk us through those four pillars of practice to get to radical self-love. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I think I want to talk about it this way, right? Which is, I don't ever think we're getting to radical self-love. We are radical self-love. It is who it is that we inherently are. What we are is trying to deconstruct what has been plastered on top of radical self-love such that we can experience it and reconnect to it. Right. It's always there. Like it's, you're not, it's not a thing you're searching for. The question is what has gotten in between me and who I've always been. Right. Like that's what I ask us to kind of strip away. And so taking out the toxic as the first pillar is the invitation to be like, where are the messages that are not conducive to radical self-love? Where are the messages that really 
reaffirm my sense of scarcity, my sense of lack, my sense of not enoughness, my sense of disconnection, my sense of um, sort of like constant criticism. Where are the messages and stories that uh, I abide in on a regular basis and that I also consume in my everyday life that are going to keep that story of you're not enough going on loop? And I talk about one, there's a way in which we're so uh, desensitized to it because it's such a foundational part of capitalist consumerist culture, right? And so every day people are selling us things because it's a great way, you know, disconnecting you from radical self-love is an excellent economic strategy for capitalism. People make a lot of money to make you think you're not good enough. (laughs) <laughs> right. And then to sell you something to temporarily fix it that you have to buy again in order to stay good enough for temporarily. Right. Like there's it's a whole hamster wheel. And so noticing where are the places where I've really invested in that? What are the what's the television shows that I watch? What's the music I listen to? What's the um, you know content that I engage in? What is my timeline on my social media platforms feed me every day? Where is it that I am inside of this? toxic story of shame and not enoughness, of comparison, of scarcity, of I'm going to be good enough when insert external goal here, right? Where are the places where I've really taken that on consciously or subconsciously? And can I start raising that to consciousness? And then can I start intentionally opting out of those things? Can I start saying, I'll actually have to listen to that. And I recognize that, you know, a lot of this are things that we've been in for such a long time that we don't even think about it. And so, you know, the invitation is, can I begin to lessen it? Can I be like, all right, I know I usually binge watch, you know, all eight episodes of Housewives, but tonight I'm gonna, maybe I'm only gonna watch one episode and then I'm gonna spend the other time cultivating something that actually feels a little bit more elevated inside of my spirit, right? Um, and, and beginning to sort of first take inventory and then be like, all right, how do I begin playing with these ratios, right? Such yes. that I have more spaciousness to opt into the things that are actually in resonance with radical self-love. That's 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 the taking out the toxic piece. Which is beautiful and true. It's it's it can be gradual, right? It, it doesn't have to you could just turn down the volume of all the noise that comes at us on the daily by with intention. Like you said, like yes. maybe it's I don't know, you're coming for the audience with this housewives I bit. Know. I've never it's been transferred. It's always a read. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but I've never actually seen them. I feel really left out because I'm like, I'm from DC. I'm in DC and they film around here, but the Potomac women, but I get your, your point is very resonant. Like it's just turning down the volume. And then yeah. you talk a little bit about, you. T- well, the second pillar is once you've turned down the volume about mind matters. Can you yeah. explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So once you've turned down that volume and I mean both the external volume, right. Of like the things you're taking in, but also your own, negative self-talk, also the ways in which you talk about yourself, your own language of comparison and criticism around your own beingness, right? So once you've gotten, you've raised it to consciousness and now you're like, okay, I've begun to turn down the volume on some of that noise. I have spaciousness. I have room. What am I going to do with that room, right? Like basically I have cleared my mind of a lot of negative chatter. And now if I don't put something in it, 
the negative chatter is going to come right back. It's all going to come right back in. There is always a commercial waiting for you, <laughs> no matter yeah. where you are, right? And so Mind Matter says, what are the things and practices that I can put in place that begin to help combat some of the um, some of that more sort of negative de- deficit-based thinking and um, content that I was taking in. And so I suggest things like meditation with mantras. I like, what is the, what's the sticky place? What's the like story that you're still finding very hard to disengage in around your own sense of identity or enoughness, you know, whether it's in the body or in some other, in the corporal body or in some other element of our bodiness, where's that story? And what's the opposite narrative that you can begin to tell yourself that you can begin to practice with? What does it look like to take five minutes every day and just immerse yourself in that narrative? What does it look like to put, you know, sweet post-it notes about yourself around your house. What is just small things that say, I'm going to actually choicefully feed back into myself that which feels in resonance with radical self-love. And because when we don't, you know, like I feel like all of our social landscape is like a war for attention, right? Who's going to get my attention, right? And if, if you aren't giving yourself the attention with the things it is, with the content it is that is going to be most edifying for you, life has already set it up to be vying for your attention with some BS. So <laughs> then the option is, how do I begin to practice with myself to really elevate what it is that I want to cultivate in my garden now that I've pulled out some weeds? And, and that leads us to the third pillar, which is about unapologetic action. And you talk about in the, the book that pillar three invites you to take yourself on a body expedition and discover your own remarkable landscape. And then you go on to say, not only have we avoided intimately knowing our bodies, which is like people literally do not know what the vagina is. I do not want to say how many days old I was when I learned the difference between the vulva and the vagina. Shame, shame, shameful for for me. I'm like, this is a societal shame. Shame for our culture, right? Yes. Shame for patriarchy that allows people with, you know, vulvas to be so disconnected from them that we might not (laughs) know the word. Yes. What a societal shame. Um, So not only we avoided intimately knowing our bodies, like we can't map them out. We have forgotten that our bodies like doing stuff, walking, dancing, running, having sex. And so what I love about this is one I have taken to calling exercise joyful movement because I I just I don't want to exercise anymore in my life anymore. I know that's right. (laughs) I just don't. I hate exercise, but I love joyful movement. Um, And so there's a piece of that. We talk about unapologetic action is getting to know your body more than just knowing what it's like on a map or even sexually. Like, again, when you say that out loud, people just go immediately to, yeah, I should probably know my body sexually. I should probably know what body part goes where and what's happening, you know, take a health class again. But for me, what struck me was the in-between, the way that we just show up in the world. Do you know what you like to do with your body in movement, in existence? Do you like laying in bed in, in great sheets? Do you like wearing cotton or linen? It's those smaller pieces that that you have to know that before you even get to like oh what sexually who am i sexually as a being and you know where is well please do find out where your vulva please don't be me (laughs) do find out the difference but there's those pieces that have to almost be foundational so how do we take unapologetic action 
So I think it's a, a, you know, you just described what is this beautiful invitation of exploration into sensory experiences with your body, right? Like what feels good? And I think, again, we take that to like mean sex, but it's like, no, at the micro level, you know what feels good? Several times this week, I've gone outside of just in an Airbnb and I've gone outside and I sat on the stoop because the sun on my shoulders feels so good. And it was like, oh, I'm just going to go have that little moment of physiological pleasure, right? It's just that. And knowing that it's like, oh, I love the way, you know, I love the way like comforters, velvet things feel, right? And it's like, oh, let me learn to, to, your body has sensory experiences that are far beyond our sexual experiences or, you know, these sort of large things. It's like at a micro level, can I know, can I reacquaint myself with what feels like joy and pleasure in my body at a micro level? You know, I would have never thought, you know, I'm like, I love the way a like, of it's an interesting thing. I've been in a, you know, like a very long process of being in this new exploration around my body and what feels good in it, what doesn't feel good in it. And the distinction between what feels really good on my tongue, which used to override all the other things as opposed <laughs> yeah. to what feels holistically good in my mm-hmm. body. And it's like things I used to think I hated. I thought I hated beets. Beets are delicious. <laughs> they are. And they feel they are. really good in my body. I used to think I hated watermelon. I was like, I'm so hydrated. This is delicious. <laughs> there are all of these new experiences that are that now that I'm a more integrated being, right? Now that like my tongue talks to my belly, talks to my digestive system, talks to the whole thing. Now we're like, oh, we have different choices when we are in, when we're in unison making the decisions, right? And so there's an invitation and unapologetic action to get to know ourselves that way. And also, just like you said, like what movement feels good? You know, I really talk about in the book, this opportunity to reclaim recess, right? Like when we were kids, it was fun. You went out, you would give a run and skin your knee and be on the, you know, on the uh, monkey bars and doing all kinds of stuff. And it was so joyful. And then somehow movement became tied to drudgery, became tied to obligation, became a way to figure out how to up the value of your currency so that you could barter more in the world. And it stole the joy. It stole the joy out of movement. And so it's an invitation to reclaim what kind of action in my body feels joyful, feels like fun, feels like I was like, I am so excited to go home to my family and go play in the sprinklers. I was like, I ain't played no sprinklers since I was like nine or 10. It's time to go play in the sprinklers, right? And it's like, what kind of joyful experience can we reinvite to our lives? And the, that all of that, when you do all of that, when you enjoy the sprinklers or what, you don't deny yourself, you don't put limitations on what brings you joy, which I think is part of it, right? Yes. It leads you to that fourth pillar, which is collective compassion. And you talk about how it's really an invitation for us to give ourselves, you say, something the system never will, which is compassion. And when we're in the system and we're opted into struggling, we are our least compassionate version of ourselves, first starting with ourselves and then externally, right? We just cannot extend what we do not have to give. And so I want to close out this this segment by having you talk a little bit about that last piece, which is how we get to 
dismantling systems of oppression, dismantling the things that keep us trapped is this collective compassion, this community. Absolutely. It's community, collective compassion. And, you know, and I talk in the book, I say, you know, the 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 last two tools, the tools of this pillar are the most important things that we can do in a radical self-love practice. And one of them is to be in community, is to be in relationship with one another on this journey. These systems of oppression, these systems of violence and disconnection rely on the the myth of individual of individualism. They rely on the myth of separation, um, of you know, just rugged do-it-yourself kind of story, right? And part of the reason that it's created that way is because in isolation, you never really you never really have the opportunity to check your story with somebody else's story, right? Mm -hmm. So the person that you've elevated and are certain is just so much happier than you because they're thinner and richer and whatever else. You don't ever really get to talk to them so they can tell you they're miserable too, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) And if together y'all got together, you'd be like, wait a minute, somebody's lying to us. But we, we stay it, you know, we stay in these separate little cocoons festering in our own shame and in our own stories of not enoughness that we never realize we're all being duped. And community is how we get out of that, that cocoon of, of illusion, that story of not enoughness. And then from that place, we build power. What happens when we collectively feel enough? then we collectively decide that these things that have been telling us we're not, we're not even messing with anymore, right? right? And we are collectively not messing with those things anymore. Then they don't have the power that they had. They don't have the economic power. They don't have the social capital. They become ineffective. And that's how systems begin to fall, right? Like it's that kind of community relationship building that builds power and collective action is one of the key pieces in allowing radical self-love to transform our society. And then, you know, tool number 10, the last tool of all the tools is, is give yourself some grace. One of the things that, you know, is so embedded inside of, of our culture of self-improvement, right? This wellness culture, this, this thing that again has been sort of co-opted by capitalism and consumerism is then like, you're doing it wrong if you're not doing it right, right? Like if you're not doing it right all the time, then here's another point in which you're a failure. Here's another reason that you should not feel good about yourself because you don't like your body today. And that just means you're a capitalist pawn in the system, right? Like we just end up in more stories. And one of the things that has been the most freeing for me in this journey is giving myself grace is being like, I don't like this body today because I live in a world that is deeply conditioned me not to. And I've been in it for many decades. So of course there are days when I don't like my body. Can I love Sonia who doesn't love her body? Can I make her not bad and wrong? Can I make, can I not, can I not be the system beating and bludgeoning her for some perceived failure? Because there's already a whole world that's going to do that. What's the thing that she needs that the rest of this system isn't going to give her? Love and patience and compassion. A place to say, it's okay, Sonia, who doesn't love your thighs today. It's okay, Sonia, who doesn't feel like she's enough today. It's okay. I love you. I love you, Sonia, that doesn't think she's enough. And every time I practice that um, that expression of loving the imperfect, fallible, um, you know, 
story of not enough Sonia, I somehow bring her closer to love again. Somehow she transforms into being lovable again, just as she is. And that, that allows us to stay in this journey for the long haul, which is really what it's about. Beautifully said. I have nothing to add on to that. The practices are there uh, that you gave us for how to do unapologetic action. And then even just like how we come home to ourselves is this compassion, both for ourselves first and then for the world. And that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's opting out. And that is the end. Like that's what dismantles all the things that keep us trapped on feeling unlovable. So powerful, our last kind of conversation with you, which is flown by, I want to just talk a little bit about you as a person and talk about how you center joy in your life. So more to come with Sonia Renee Taylor as we get into how she centers joy in her life. So that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't, subscribe and follow the podcast. We're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that is chock full of goodness and updates, as well as first access to all the giveaways we do here at Black Girl Burnout. Are you following us on our socials? If not, what are you waiting for? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Burnout and on Twitter at BLK Girl Burnout. Last but not least, make our day and leave a review. Your five stars truly give me and the team so much energy and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.